This past week, on St. Patrick's Day, I revisited one of my favorite bits of Irish wisdom. I don't know if it's a blessing or a toast. With the Irish, I think those may be fully interchangeable. And certainly, in my family of origin, that is true. It goes like this. May you never forget what is worth remembering, nor ever remember what is best forgotten. May you never forget what is worth remembering, nor ever remember what is best forgotten. This sums up beautifully and succinctly the promise from God in our Jeremiah reading this morning. For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more, not remembering what is best forgotten. And this has been with me all week, this notion of intentional forgetting, this practice of letting go of that which causes us sadness, pain, unease, laying down the memories that plague us, things done to us, things we've done, things done and left undone. This proclamation from Jeremiah that God will not only forgive their iniquity, but will also remember their sin no more, is both thrilling and confounding. Memory is so important to us, isn't it? How else do we know ourselves? John Locke put forth that our very identities exist only because of our memories. One of the reasons that cognitive issues distress us so is that we wonder who we are if we forget. If we forget people and events from our life. If we're honest, there's also a part of ourselves that doesn't want to forget wrongs done to us. If that were not so, we wouldn't have so many warnings and witticisms. Forgive, but do not forget. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And my personal favorite, some forgive and forget, more forgive and remember, most forgive and remind. All too often, our motivations for not forgetting are simply trying to avoid further pain or keeping score, or it's about our ego. Forgiveness might be possible and acceptable, but forgetting can seem like a step too far, making you a doormat or a patsy. Self-preservation often precludes the forgetting. So what does it mean that God is able and willing to forget? What can the forgetting engender that simply forgiving cannot? 
For one thing, I don't think God is terribly concerned with God's self-preservation. The forgetting allows there to be no keeping score. The forgetting allows all barriers to relationship, all distractions to be removed. These hopeful words from Jeremiah are stunning. Jeremiah, who is known as the weeping prophet, who tradition says is the author of the book of Lamentations. Jeremiah, who is depicted by Michelangelo in the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, and by Rembrandt and Chagall in paintings as a man hunched, forlorn, despondent. Jeremiah, who for 29 chapters has earned this way of being depicted, suddenly diverges for a few chapters to offer hope and comfort to the Israelites. We find today's reading in these chapters called the Book of Consolation or the Book of Comfort, a balm so needed by the Israelites who were beating themselves up for what they believed was punishment for disappointing God. Jeremiah delivers this message of comfort to a people in desperate need of some hope. The days are surely coming, the days when the covenant God made with God's people will not be written on tablets which can be broken or on scrolls which can be lost or burned. A covenant between God and God's people which will be written on their hearts carried within them, internalized, and can never be taken away. A covenant that will always be accessible to them and needs no intermediary, not Moses, not religious leaders. It is given freely to each person. And because of this, God's people will not just know God's law. They will know God. This hope and comfort delivered by Jeremiah is also astonishing for its inclusiveness. They shall all know me, from the least to the greatest. Amy Erickson, my Hebrew Bible professor at Iliff, has said that the covenant on the heart has a leveling effect. The internal marker of the covenant binds the community together with an invisible sign that cannot be questioned by genealogy or undermined by accusations of purity. Each heart has God's Torah inscribed on it. And each of those who have the law written on their hearts, each of those who know God will be forgiven and God will remember their sin no more. My friends, that is some serious good news. And if it is shocking to us that God can forgive and forget, that gives us some indication of how difficult we imagine it would be for mere mortals to do so. 
But I wonder. I wonder in this last week of Lent, this season of so much introspection, if we shouldn't spend some time sitting with this notion of memory, of forgetting. What has God forgiven and forgotten that you are still holding on to? What do you think you've done that is too egregious for this gift? You still carry it. You still you find yourself awake at night, turning it over and over. This memory of a thing done or left undone that Jeremiah tells us God has not only forgiven, but forgotten. What if we were able to set those things down, see ourselves, our identity, without this memory as a barrier to being fully present to God and others? Who would we be? Are you still holding on to a wrong done to you? Is it one that forgetting would allow you freedom and peace of mind? Who might we be if we ceased keeping score? What liberty might come with forgetting? May you never forget what is worth remembering nor ever remember what is best forgotten. And as my people say, slancha, health. Be well, my friends. I miss you.